Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Talking Locks podcast with Lockitude, and I am your host, Adi Balogun. Today, we are introducing a new series called Everyday People with Locks. And for our very first episode, we will be discussing locks and the corporate world. This episode is produced by Savage Media. Our guest today is Chinedum, a friend, a longtime customer of Lockitude, and of course, a fellow lockhead. Without further ado, let's get right into it, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi, Chinedum. Um, welcome to the first episode of our new series on the Lock Podcast. Um, and this series is going to be titled Everyday People with Locks. And um, today we're going to be discussing locks and the corporate world. Um, Chinedum, do you mind telling us, you know, maybe your full name, a little bit about yourself and why you think um, you could shed some light on locks and the corporate world? Okay, hi Ade. Uh, thank you very much for having me on this show. My name is Chinedum Uchoma, and uh, okay, talking about the corporate world. So, and I work as a sales manager for a software company. Uh, I think I've been I've been I've been having my locks for about uh, right now about four and a half years. So, uh, I'll basically say I've I've been on it for 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 some reasonable period of time, and I've actually used it to work across to yeah yeah this is fine um so you've actually okay. had locks and you've worked with two different organizations having locks as a man is that right yes yes I, in one of the organizations uh, actually that's where i actually started out with the locks for the whole process of getting it started then by the time i was in the on uh, my current place of work now the locks was already fully fully developed and keep going. Okay, that's interesting. And um, let, let me first start by asking, why did you even decide to lock your hair in the first place? Especially when it's frowned at for men. Uh, so I think that's one very interesting question that each time people ask it. Um, they actually get the right with my answer. Why did I lock my hair in the first place? Um, I didn't actually have any reason per se. So basically my hair is usually called naturally. And I just kept on growing my hair. I've, I've always had very well full hair. Kept on growing the hair, and the way it was rolling when it called and tangled, I loved the feeling. And before I knew it, the hair started matching together, and I just loved the feeling. And I thought, okay, this has become actually proper free-forming locks. So let's enjoy it since the locks is here. And that was it. And the next thing was I actually had to get to a optician, which was lucky to you. And basically, so okay, since I'm trying to keep this locks, let's just give it a pattern. And that was it. So there was actually no preconception of saying, oh, I think I want to go on locks because of this. It was basically uh, just enjoy the experiment with my hair and what it turned out to be. And that was it. Okay. And, and at that time, how did your place of work perceive you? Because you do work in sales, I believe. And that means that you are not like maybe stuck behind the computer like a software engineer where nobody sees you. So when you showed up in the office with like locked hair, did your employers have anything to say about that? 
So, uh, it, like Dr. Hedda Gross, it was a process. So, yeah, they knew my hair was only true. Then the next thing, they were noticing the pattern of the hair was changing. And I can remember my director then saying, Hey, what is it with your hair? What's happening with your hair? I was like, Hey, that's where I love it. I want you to be that way. And some of my colleagues were just funny. So, people would just come and look at the hair. What's happening here? Then, I think one of my directors then was showing, Hey, you need to cut your hair. But what happened was we had one of the senior vice presidents that came in from from South Africa then, and we're having a meeting, he saw me, wow, I love your hair, you didn't tell me you grow your hair now, we've gotten you a very nice hair gel, the one I use. I'm like, <laughs> oh, and he went back to his hotel, and, and he gave me his his container that was that had some left in it, and that was actually how my director in the office didn't say anything about it again, and that was how that hair started growing. Then when he came to going for meetings, because when he was pre-forming, it was very much everywhere. So for meetings, it was always weird because you get into an office, you get to a reception, and you say, I'm looking for Mr. So-so-and-so. And most times, my meetings were always with either the CFO, the chief financial officers, or the head of IT, or the head of HR, who are basically senior people or the CEOs. And you tell the receptionist that you're looking for this person. And they'll look at you first, okay, this guy is suited up and has his funny hair. I want to see this uh, big boss. What exactly is happening? <laughs> then you went to the boardroom, and, and the person comes in there to meet you. And the person looks at you, and the person is actually totally surprised. She ended up, you say yes. The person shakes you, and the person is trying to place that thought of, okay, the person I've been talking to on the phone or via email, and the person I'm seeing. And <laughs> before you knew it, he just, I think, I think some people just got used to it. I think there was one very interesting occasion I had where I went to this company, and he was a CEO. And after the whole process, they finally got the solution I was selling. After the whole process, the guy called in the HR and told the HR, Please, I don't want you to be so rigid on our staff again. The guy was an easy guy. He was an easy guy, but the HR was a very, very strict person and was always saying, okay, staff has to wear, the HR was from a bank. You have to wear this color of shirts. You have to wear this tie and all that. He told them, okay, like, it was so surprising. And everyone was looking at me like, how would this guy be the person that would make this thing change? He told them clearly, Fridays, I had a meeting with him on a Friday. One of the meetings on the Friday, and I had my jean and t-shirt. Okay, Friday is officially will be dressing down. Oh wow! People wasn't wear their wasn't wear their t-shirts. Allow people to to express themselves the way they wanted to express themselves. I was there again. I said that usually for him, he was one of those who always had um, this bias about the way people dress or appear. But he actually changed throughout the process of the whole almost a one month process of going through the discussions and sales before we bought it and and i think that was actually one very interesting thing that happened well, but, that, yeah that that's actually yeah. very very impressive that you not only decided to wear your own hair the way you want to but you're also making um, a reasonable impact in how other people are beginning to see the corporate world and how we choose to wear our hair um th- this is actually yeah. very very interesting um just uh you did say that at least you left one company to another company. In the process of trying to find this job or getting this job, do you think that your hair was going to be a setback? Were you intentionally trying to change jobs or were you poached? And maybe was it just easy and there was nothing to talk, talk about? Or would you have considered cutting your hair if you were trying to find a new job? Okay, uh, another very interesting question. So, when I changed jobs, it was two things. I was searching for a job, and somehow, 
I applied to this place and they finally he changed the whole way. He started as if he was like a headhunter at the same time. But um, I think one thing I was doing was because I knew I was somehow working within, it was a corporate work, but within the technology setting. And I also had that, uh, so I had that about in my mind that I would have a little bit of leverage if I was going to um, look for a job within a technology setting than any other setting per se. Okay. And, and people won't people won't be that uh, rigid in or uh, with what you need to or how you need to appear whatever it is. But again, my LinkedIn profile has been following my love showing. So most of the jobs that I applied for, I applied for them through LinkedIn. I had some interviews I did, and some of the video interviews, physical interviews, people will still comment their hair. But I clearly knew that it had nothing to do with the hair because from the time I'm applying for this role, look at my LinkedIn profile. You already know I had the hair i had locks or whatever it is yeah. so so it wasn't really it wasn't really anything for me and i know that if it comes to most of them are working within the uh co-financial sector not fintech co-financial sector or maybe medical professionals within nigeria that might be a challenge that might be a very very huge challenge for them mm. because there's this uh culture and no within within the environment and how males need to appear within the corporate setting yeah, so, so I think I think I think this wasn't so hard for me somehow. Okay, but it's also still very interesting because, like you said, you are talking to financial chief financial officers of organizations. Those are like really serious uh, yeah. people, and representing yeah. your own company. So I really found that it would be you would be an interesting person to understand what your journey has has been like so far. But have you ever been in any situation where you felt that your hair was a deterrent? Maybe did you go for any meetings and you feel like you didn't get that, you didn't get through to a CFO just because of how you appeared with your hair? Uh, no, I think I've, that has never happened. And why it never happened was uh, because there's always going to be a process. So what is it? You, you Either you're the one cold calling a particular company or the particular person within the company or or they reached out to you first and you start conversing via email uh, via telephone before you even have a physical meeting so so when you're talking with these people on the phone or via email in their minds they think they are talking to a normal person let me use the word normal person <laughs> with a normal hair <laughs> a normal person with a normal hair so when they get to see you it's basically a case of it's going to be a disappointment to them because for them it's okay. I thought I was talking with someone a normal male that had a nice look of hair, but here I am with this guy with a head full of locks. But again, nothing has actually changed because from the conversation, uh, there was nothing Tom Tony was saying. He was answering my questions. He was providing the solution the way I wanted it. So you never change anything. What what don't you just find out that some of them end up telling you? Well, if, if this was the, if I, I'll jump to you the first time, I will have that bias on how mm. to talk to you. I've had cases where, um, I've had a case where I was to speak, we're having a function then, like a, uh, like a virtual having a function then, and I was supposed to speak with, with one of the sessions to take some of the, or one of the HR solutions. And when I came out to speak, I, 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 I saw the look on people's faces. <laughs> until I started speaking. And by then, we, we, we finished and we went for lunch and one of the ladies came and said, wow, I never knew that people that had love were this smart. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? She's very laughing. She said, no, 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 that, that, seriously, that, she doesn't, maybe that's the kind of people she has met, but that's it. 
we'll just have to go ahead and move on. So, so, so as mentioned, it's a case of, because for me, it was how I met these people before, or how we started, conver- I started conversing with them before we actually did meet physically. Mm. So that basically um, was easier for it to happen. Okay, so from from what I hear you say, it was um, or it has been easier getting through to most of your customers because they they have some pre um, meeting with you in an engagement in a more virtual setting, probably by email or phone call. So by the time they're getting to see you, it's too late to judge you by your by your looks. Okay, so maybe that's yeah, yes. (laughs) Yes, that's that's one. But I'll, I'll say something quickly because there's also something else I got to realize, and this might be a little bit outside of work, but mm-hmm. personal engagements. So um, most times when people are on locks, there's a kind of image that they portray. Most persons. Now, for me, it was that case of okay. I knew I had locks. I knew that I was in a society that was biased with men that had locks, so it was very easy for someone to say, "Ask you, are you a musician?" Mm-hmm. Are you a footballer? Are you an artist? It was very common. Nobody will ask you any other except those, those three questions. It was very possible. Are you, are you an entertainer? Whatever. It was that. So, so one, one thing I, I, tended, I tended to do was, aside on weekends, if you see on weekends, you might not really know exactly what I do, but every weekday, what I did was, just make sure you wear your nice chinos pants and your shirt and tuck it in with your nice shoes, with my glasses on. Mm. So, that alone, when people see you, when I meet someone randomly, whatever it is, they're confused. I think that's the word. They're mm-hmm. confused because I'm sure there's, there was something else they were, they were expecting. There was a kind of image they're expecting someone that had, has looks to look like. So they get confused first, and most of them don't know exactly where to fit me into until maybe we'll start talking or I start engaging them. So I think that, that's also something that's actually pretty, pretty yeah. works nicely. So... I, th- I think you're right. So image, image, image portrayal of yourself. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Because when I started my own locks, and I know that um, even though now I'm a loctician and I'm free to do whatever I want to do and appear however I want to appear, as a matter of fact, people don't expect me to appear otherwise without my locks. I think it would be a big shock for people who know me if they saw me without my locks. But when I did start my locks, I practiced as an architect in an architectural firm um, with actual clients who were spending millions uh, hundreds of millions building their houses so i felt like i had the um there was some pressure to appear like i was more serious than my locks mm. made me look so i used to make some efforts yeah. to make sure i wore earrings that were a bit more obvious put some makeup yeah. on so that you don't look a certain way but do you think that those yeah. of us that choose to keep our hair locks need this extra pressure do you think there will ever be a time in society where we will just be accepted for showing up with our hair for what it is <laughs> Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, the world is very biased, and even most times, even with all the extra pressure or any extra pressure trying to appear in a certain way, some people still don't accept that you are the person you think you are. So, so I think the pressure will be there, depending on where you're going to find yourself. Mm-hmm. So, in the case of uh, understand where you're going to be or what you're going to do and know how you need to present yourself. So if I was going to have, like as I mentioned, when I was going to have meetings with this for the first time, I make sure I'm so able to have a jacket. Mm. So I always try to have a jacket in my car. Have a jacket. <laughs> the reason is, no matter, no matter how you dress, wear your, your, your nice pants and your shirts, whether you have a tie or not, once you have a jacket on, 
it, it gives you a little booster, you know, it, it puts the image high again. So, so those things are the things that basically makes even the person you're going to meet not to look down on you. It's as I mentioned, it's a biased society. So, mm-hmm. someone that is not cool with that in any way will not be cool with it. The person will first be biased before they even start engaging with you. So, that pressure will remain there as long as we are doing whatever it is we're doing within the society we live in. Yeah, it's always, it's, it's been interesting and I'm really happy we're having this conversation because sometimes um, as a loctician, I have nothing to think about but just hair and how we perceive ourselves. And I personally think that um, some of the ways we see ourselves as Africans and how we treat our hair is leftover misconceptions from colonialism. Because um, you just said you have to put on a jacket. And thinking about being in Nigeria, there's no reason why you should even have a jacket anytime on in the, in the entire year. But that's the one thing. Yes, exactly. But that's the one thing that you kind of add to your outfits to make you look like a serious person. And that's because, you know, um, somewhere in the Western world, that is what somebody needs to wear to protect themselves from cold. So the yeah. irony is, is, is glaring and um, I'm hoping that this conversation and people who get to listen to this kind of stop and think about it and realize that first you don't even need a jacket and it's okay to have your hair um, and you can mm-hmm. still be a serious person. And um, yeah, so um, I'm going to talk about um, um, because, yes, I'm female, so I have it a little bit easier than you do. But I also find that sometimes when I'm in a crowd of people and they are looking for certain um, substances that are usually frowned at, like marijuana, somebody will look at me and go like, oh, do, 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 do you know where they sell weed? And I'm like, why am I supposed to know that? So do you find... Exactly. And I'm like, why do you think of everybody sitting down here, I'm the one who you should meet? Um, do, do you find that you do you have similar experiences? Like maybe in the workplace as well <laughs> it is a common stuff it's it's just normal someone who just root out from anywhere and say hey what's up uh i have a friend coming in i'll need with this hey i read with i look at the person i said i don't even smoke weed <laughs> why can't you try for it or you, you you get in somewhere you're going to let's say let's use lagos for example you're going to any of the beaches Imagine you're coming in there someone will just rush it straight to you first i start telling you hey, hey, hey what's up what's up i have this have this and you're just wondering like what the heck <laughs> you know, someone, someone, will just call, someone will just call you Rasta. I was telling say, I have lots, but I'm not a Rasta. If you understand what Rasta, they are ideologies and how they live. I'm not a Rasta. So, so those things happen. You will basically see you first and assume, okay, uh, because you have this hair, there is something associated with this kind of people. Somebody has actually told me before, why am I eating meat? You need to be a vegetarian because I have lots. <laughs> That's a new one. I haven't gotten that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, no, like, no, because, because, so, this, what I ask is best, like, why are we saying so? He said, because he has two cousins that are proper, proper Rastafarians. I said, yeah, they actually wait. I said, they are Rastafarians. Most of them actually want to be full vegetarians, but I'm just wearing looks. I don't have anything to do with the religion or whatever it is. So, so, it's actually very, very normal for me to go somewhere and someone, even people will ask you, do you know where I can get weed in an illegal place? <laughs> <laughs> like in an illegal place. Because they just believe you have locks. Hey, come on. So you, you, you have the connect. Weed, or, you, you, or you have weed or you have to connect to something. Yeah, so I think both of us agree that that is a misconception. Whilst, yes, yes. some people who have locks do smoke weed, but it is not a stereotype. Not everybody knows where to exactly. get the weed. So please stop asking exactly. us where to get weed. <laughs> Find your weed wherever. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so I'm going to take this a little bit personal. And yes, I know we're talking about works, locks and the corporate world. Um, but how did your parents feel about you deciding to, you know, when they started seeing you with this hairstyle, were they like scared or like, is our son trying to lose his job? What was happening to his ambition? How did they take it? Okay, it was actually super interesting. It was my dad, and he didn't understand. The first time, when I said my hair was just reversed, I said, Hey, uh, as a gentleman, you need to have your hair nicely cut. Then I was talking to him, I said, Eddie, but I can see your pictures. He had your afro and, and opened your shirt. He said, That was then. Right now, you need to have your hair cut. I said, I leave it. So it kept on going that way up until when the lot itself gone fully and whenever i traveled in my with my dad anytime any of our family friends see i say what are you doing with your head my dad say just ask him, ask him. <laughs> so one of the periods um i think my dad was around i think he visited i remember he came to do all the work together and i think the morning before the day he left he just said uh, uh it's because of this your hair and this was i think this was 2017 or 18 this was even before the locks actually formed fully it was just going just growing out and said, there is no one in the Uchamu's family that has that as a Rasta. And I don't know why he decided to have one. And I told him, and I knew it was a very hard thing for us to say that. And I told him, um, then if I'm the first person, there's nothing wrong with that. He said, no, but just, I asked him, is it because of me or is it because what you think people will say that your son has locks? He didn't say anything. And I asked him, you don't even ask me if I'm being paid my salary <laughs> because of these locks. Mm. And he didn't say anything. So I think right now he knows the locks is there. And I'm not in him, but I think sometimes he also, I'm, I'm sure that he, sometimes he might wish, oh, I just wish my son doesn't have these locks on. But at the same time, I also know that he clearly realizes that he doesn't okay. change me from being the person I've been. And, and and being his son and respecting him and doing everything I need to do as a son. So so it's more or less like a, like a, a sweet and bitter piece swallow at the same time. I've not I've not had any conversation about the locks with him again after that period. He knows the locks is there, he doesn't say anything about it again. He just leaves it there. I you know, it's just what it is. Hmm. And I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised maybe the day I decide to cut it, he might have my father is excited that he cut it. But for now, <laughs> <laughs> for now, it's for now. It's no longer. It's only, it's only when we're together. Someone says something. He says he wants to have his hair. He will just say he wants to have his hair. So it's no longer. It's no longer an issue for him because it's just there. As I mentioned, I think. I think most times, what what most of our what I've realized is most of our parents within Nigeria. It's um, yes, that first. That first um, worry. I, I, I say every time. I say it's it's actually a selfish worry. It's what it is. Most people don't want to acknowledge that it's a selfish worry of what will people say about my child being this way. It's not actually about why is my child being this way. I'm not sure that there are organizations within, if you use Nigeria for an example, most of the artists and the musicians that are top rated, when they told their parents they wanted to start off with music, there were very, definitely very, very, very few parents that supported them. Mm-hmm. Most of them were rebels until their parents realized, okay, this was actually the path they are their kids wanted to talk and they finally started encouraging them and that was it so so i think it's not the same thing so nobody wants to be associated with their son having locks because 
most people that have had locks, there's that preconception that, oh, this people, this person is a criminal or is a good for nothing or smokes weed or does this or does that. So they just don't want to be associated with such biases. But um, I think it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, the, the interesting thing on my own part, the very first time I, it occurred to me to even lock my hair because I was more intentional about my own locks, unlike you were, um, my mom literally told me that, why do you want to do something that a crazy person does? And that deterred me for a few years before I eventually started. And when I started, she didn't discourage me, but she did not encourage me. But I'm so happy that now she's had her own locks for about six years now. So in the end she got to realize so that you yes it, it's actually one of the most convenient things you can do to your hair um okay so i'm still talking a little bit personally um to your hair and to your person do you ever feel like in meeting somebody how your looks would would be perceived by a potential spouses, family, if you're asked to cut your hair before you got married to their daughter, <laughs> is that something you, you would accept? Um, okay, I'll give you a very simple example. I had one time when I was having this and my uncle said, he was so angry that period. I know we're just talking, we're just in our conversation. He said, I will never let someone that has your kind of hair marry any of my daughters. We were, we were joking and having drinks, and I laughed. I told my uncle, if I love your daughter so much and I realize that this will be a deal breaker, I will cut the hair, marry her, and grow it back. Mm. And my uncle is very dark, but he literally stopped red. Whoa. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I'm not sure he ever thought that. I told him, I will cut it, get married to myself, there will be peace, and I will grow it back. And you're not going to take your daughter from me because she's my wife. Mm. So that's, that's a sign. But again, um, I think one thing I've also realize is it's a it's it's about the two persons mm-hmm. if 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 the if your potential spouse or your your wife to be or your whoever your girlfriend can nicely defend you and stand for you in front of our own family i think your your troubles are easier to manage it becomes um crazier when the person cannot actually stand firm and say, okay, I like this person this way. The hair has nothing to do with this person. The person is a nice person. We can meet the person and forget about this bias. It becomes easier. But yeah, when it comes to that, I've, I've had someone told me, or tell me somewhere in the past that, oh, because I'm keeping the hair, that I shouldn't talk to her again. We weren't even having anything that was romantic. Like she wouldn't want us to, she wouldn't want to talk to her that has locks because she had a particular um, idea about guys that have locks. So that was that. But again, of I think an interesting thing is that it even looks like most of the loss is good and attractant to most mm-hmm, of the women. Mm-hmm. So, which is actually very weird. Some people say, I meet you, is this your real hair? You say yes, can I touch it? So it's a you conversation yes, starter. <laughs> yeah, so all that. But yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Okay. Okay, so it can be both ways. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's it negative. And if yeah. that family really doesn't want to accept you, we just cut it and start it again later. Yeah. My own hair is nicely grown now. You just cut it, keep it, do the wedding, marry your daughter, 
grow your hair back again so you feel like fresh is Right. So, and, and everyone will not eat their guts. <laughs> okay, um, we have talked about locks and your workplace. We've gone a little bit personal into how, you know, parents and potential spouses, family can perceive your hair. And being a man with locks, I think it would be... Um, this conversation will not com- be complete, even though we are speaking particularly towards the wor- workplace, without talking right. about um, your dealings with law enforcement, uh, having locks and being a man. <laughs> so, um, do you think that there's even any impact, or is it imagined that men with locks are targeted in the context of even uh, Nigeria? So, I think when the NSARS thing happened, and before that, people always ask you, so how do you deal with this? So the first thing is this, I have never had a bad experience with any law enforcement person. It's mm-hmm. weird, whenever I say it. Now, I think maybe, maybe I was lucky, mm-hmm. but just what it is. Now what happens is this, is, so what I find is most of the people, most of the law enforcement people do harass, maybe find a guy with locks just walking down the street to go and get something, and their van will just block the person and they will just drag the person into their own van or whatever, or they're in place. Now for me, it's actually been a different because most times, so I'm driving and you're driving and you get to a checkpoint and you stop, they wind down. So whatever they'll see with a head full of locks. So the person they will ask you is, hey, who are you? I learned a very nice trick. For the police officers or whoever or SARS, don't speak English to them, speak English to them. When they ask me, who are you? I'll say my name is Chinedum. I will bring up my complimentary card and give them. They will look at it. Can I see your particulars? Are you not my particulars? They will take the look at it. Whose car is this? I said, I gave you my card and you look at your particulars. Is it not my name? Then I think the whole thing is about how you get stuck with them. And by that they ask, fine, some of them will go to the exit, okay, they want to search your car because, again, they think you have weed or you have gun or something, and they will come out and start filling every part of your car to search both the, the, the boots and under the seats and everything to figure out what they didn't what, what, what keep there. And that, that, that has been it. So, so for me, as I mentioned, I've either been, I think maybe I'll say I've been lucky that I've not had any, any, any scuffle with them, as the case may be. Maybe because of the way I just talk to them or whatever it is, but I've not had those situations. But I've also heard about very, very terrible stories about guys on locks and and how they come after them and things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I was if I was way younger mm-hmm. and maybe didn't get to have a car and mm-hmm. like the normal other, other young guys, maybe see somebody that's just a, a simple young guy, maybe twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, less than twenty five, a mm-hmm. student or something on locks, it's very easy for them to hire such people. The policeman is coming to harass me. First of all, why are you harassing me? Because I could actually get to talk for myself and you're not wondering and you have something meaningful that you're doing. So so it's actually very, very different from mm. most of the people that actually get to harass. So yes, yeah. that, that has been my own, own yeah. case. Yeah, I'm very happy to hear that you have not had a personal bad experience, but we do know that even besides people with locks, um, a lot of young men and few women have been harassed by law enforcement yes. just because of having their so head much, this so way. Much. And I'm hoping that um, this conversation around locks and the corporate world can help 
somebody out there realize that yes it is possible to have locks and be responsible and have a job and work in an industry where you're not even expected to have locks so um yeah i do hope that this conversation is of some benefit to someone out there um we've spoken for quite a bit of time now almost 25 minutes or thereabouts and um, the conversation has been so interesting um, I think you've shed some lights on your personal experience having locks and so far so good. Um, I have enjoyed the conversation because it's not like we we pre-planned our answers or I, or I had coached you on, on what to say. So I'm happy that we've had an honest and refreshing conversation. And um, yeah, and I'm also happy that you have a lot of. I think it's of, it's it's super it's quite interesting how you know just going freely, just hitting me the questions from from everywhere. And I'm, just <laughs> I'm sorry, you feel like I'm hitting you with the questions. We're just having a conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, so I have maybe just a couple of of questions left for you. Um, in terms okay. of maintaining your hair and your style, do you think you have any benefits from having locked hair, you know, than any other style that you would currently have? Is it more of a burden or is it something you so, you rather have? So for for men, hair is a lot of it's a burden for men. <laughs> <laughs> and it is actually quite simple. For a guy, when I was a locker, it's basically you want to have a bath, just get into the shower and just turn on the shower and just let the water run from your head down to, to your toes and you're fine. You just move on. You go to the barber shop, you do whatever you need to do. Now with the locks, um, yeah, you don't get to wash your hair every day. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time, if you want to, because you want to also make it very clean and hygiene, hygienic, and you find that you're washing it every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes every three weeks, if you start it every month. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if, if, if it's long, you need to wash it, you will definitely have to have a band to to wrap it up to wash it and sometimes people will come to my house and get to my bathroom which babe left the shower cap eh? because you don't want to get out of the shower for the shower to run so you can't tie it up again you need to use a shower cap to, to do that so <laughs> there, are times, there are times i'll style it when i style it and for the first two days you you you'll be looking for the best position to actually keep your head when you want to sleep. Then the way you style it, I love to do the burn. Actually, for a long time, I've not done the burn again. You do the burn, and and you get in the car, and you find out that the burn is actually hitting the headrest. So you need to you need to recline the seat some more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Out of space. laughs> so 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 for guys for guys because it's so weird. It's not one of the things guys. When it comes to hair, a guy just really wants to wash his hair, have a bath, get to the salon and have a haircut. So it's very different. Then again, when I go to the barber shop, and I need to, even though it's a person that cuts my hair every now and then, I need to be careful to tell him, dude, okay, I've not retreated my hair, but please, you don't need to cut off that hair there because it's going to be used to be retreated. So mm-hmm. leave that part alone. So you need to keep on directing the person, unless it's someone that does locks down, they say, okay, he doesn't need to touch, touch mm-hmm. that. So for a guy, it's work for most women. Most women will tell you it's pretty easy for them because they basically wash oil and style, mm-hmm. or just pack it just the way they want to go. But for for guys, it's uh, it's an extra piece of work. Okay. And even talk about the heat, the heat on your neck, Ooh. or the sweating on your neck when when it's over your head and all that. Okay, so why why do you still choose to have it though? Why do you still like it so much? 
I still like it. And I think, I think, I think basically, I've, I've grown into, into it. I've grown into it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I've, I've found all the therapy I need. What I, I need to wash it. I basically, okay, I need to wash my hair with the shampoo and the conditioner. Mm-hmm. I finally found one particular mix that has shampoo and conditioner together. So it's easy to wash it once. Okay. I need to oil the hair. I basically found a container that has a very long tip with a tiny hole that I'll basically push into the scalp and just press it and I oil the hair. Mm-hmm. So, so somehow I've, I've found a very easy way to Manage work through the therapy and manage the hair so so it's it's become what it is right oh that's actually very interesting i didn't see that coming and um <laughs> yeah um i said a couple of questions maybe i'll just make it three I, i'll make two more a couple more questions to go um i do know that you have been fortunate with work and your career um and your hair hasn't really affected you negatively but you did say that there's always you know that one or two times where somebody comes and has some something negative to say um how do you cope with this negative perceptions uh so so sometimes uh people say it you just leave it alone to go flat because the, the more you try to talk about it or argue it, you can't you can change um, someone's mind in just those few minutes to make them believe that what their perception is is true or false. Then in some other cases, if I need to talk more about it, I talk more about it. But it's just a case of, okay, what you think doesn't define me. And I can just basically go on without even responding to what you said. So you basically say, oh, let's say for example, someone says, I, always, I think people that have locks are irresponsible or uh, this or that. I say, really? I say, yes. I say, why do you think so? Depends on kind of say anything again. I just forget about it and move on. Mm. Because if you put further, you find that what, what they think is basically what they assume and how they've grown in with the society about those particular assumptions. So if you want to push it further down, most of the times I've tried to push further down. I find that I, they, they couldn't actually have any constructive arguments to support their mindset so i've just let it go that way it's just it's just people it's just, it's just the same way someone coming to say oh i think all okay, people, i think all people like money mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you say i think all people like money i ask you why did you say that the guy will tell you oh there's one boy in my class that did this any other person so why are you using one boy in your class to support one little stuff you heard before that all people like money like how so you find that when you, when you go deeper trying to understand that more, you can't actually get any substance out of it. But again, as I mentioned, it's basically what people think in their minds, and it's so hard to to get to change them. If you want to change them in that moment, either you because they don't want to change their mind. They have their own notion and ideology, and you're just basically they're going to argue with someone that's not even interested in in having a change from what you're saying. So I just let it be. Right. But does it, do the negative do the negative comments come? Yes, they do happen. Uh, do you need to grow a tough skin about it sometimes? Yes, sometimes you need to grow a very tough crocodile skin and let them just bounce off, and then you move on. Because if you choose to dwell on them, there are so many ugly things people say to people every day. So how many of them do you want to manage? Just, just mm-hmm. keep it moving. Tell yourself, okay, keep it moving. What this person said is not what it is. I know who I am. I know what I can do. And just keep going. 
Great. Okay, so my very last but not the least question is what advice do you have for young people, people our age, people older out there who may be thinking, male or female, doesn't matter, who may be thinking, hey, my hair is not suitable for the corporate world. What advice do you have for them? Or locking their hair is so, not suitable for the corporate world. Locking their hair. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I think, I think the first thing I'll say is, um, um, okay, I'll say, okay, I'll, I'll just roll back a little bit. So some people actually accidentally go into the kind of field where they where they operate as part of the corporate world some people are conscious what they want to get into now the first thing i'll say is if you know that the sector you are planning to play will have an issue with the kind of hairstyle or the personal image you want to portray um this is for everyone living in nigeria please there's no point to to go and start something you cannot finish. Mm. That's the simple truth. And if you know that, hey, you can actually navigate through this stuff. It's not that it's not a biggie for you. You move on. So, for example, if, if if your path or your thoughts or your career intentions are to be a bank, is to be a banker, and you're trying to go and have looks as a guy, you will fail from the very start because some banks don't even like guys skipping beards, necklace mm. of locks. So that's going to be a very tricky stuff for you to do. Now, if you're going to be working within FMCGs, um, technology, and financial technology, anything that has to do with technology, um, maybe even pharmaceutical sales, you're not going to do the core medical, um, being in the hospital. Or yeah, I think, yes, you can actually decide to play around with that and you could easily go scot-free. Then if you're lucky going to be outside of here, you don't have anything to worry. <laughs> because you can nicely sail through it because it's your hairstyle nobody's going to trouble you about it mm. unless unless when you're working with okay you need to be in a particular way of which people that even have long hair they, some places will allow you to have any kind of hair but they need you to pack it in such, such a way you don't leave it hanging so once you pack it nicely you're fine so as i mentioned the first thing is be sure which sector you're going to play in and also be very sure that what you're trying to do will be totally acceptable and you could make that happen. Uh, 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 there's an example I use. There's a popular bank in Nigeria, and one of the their head of um, that ED, executive director for for brands and marketing, actually has a tinted, a dyed hair. Look, what is a lady, and her whole team. She told the MD of the bank, "Allow my whole team is a creative team, so you have to let them be the way they want to be." So her whole team dresses totally different from the way typical bankers dress right and it's very simple very simple because she is good she knows what she can control and everywhere she moves to she moves with her team so when she left where she was before to get into the bank she will have like about four people that she needs to move with to get in there so 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 because she knows that she's well in quotes it's cast commodity she can control such a thing so if if i have locks and a bank needs to hire me to do whatever it is for them and I tell them this is who I am, and I know that they can't get somebody else that can do this. Hey, you can control this. But when you're mostly starting off in a career or you're in, in um, middle management or entry level, it's going to be tough if if your sector doesn't accept such a thing. So first of all, just be sure that when you're going to play, allows this to work and before you try to do it. If they don't allow it to work, um, as long as we're still within the shores of Nigeria, please, 
Just enjoy your look as <laughs> So basically, you should be careful. You should understand the industry you're trying to play in and you should do what is best for you at this time. And while you yeah. try and do that, people like Chinedo and I will still continue, you know, trying to push our story and push our agenda to get to the point that hopefully in the future our children or children's children will be free to wear their hair however they want and be able to get the jobs that they want without the fear of being stereotyped so yes 100%. yeah so Chinedo, thank you so much i know i have taken a bit of your time i'm going to let you get back to your party and um <laughs> i'm sure that we would be in touch but thanks so much and i do hope that this uh season two and the everyday people with locks series is going to be fun and thanks for helping kick it off i've had fun and i hope um, our listeners will also enjoy it thank you all right thank you thank you thank you very much mm-hmm. Adik, for having me it's been a pleasure from the time you started nursing my locks <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure too <laughs> okay then i all think right. we'll wrap it thank up thank you very much yeah. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Talking Locks podcast with Lockitude. It has been such a pleasure being your host. And my name is again Adi Balogun. And thanks to our producer, Savage Media. Please don't forget to follow us on social media. We are at Lockitude, L-O-C-I-T-U-D-E, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, for more interesting podcast episodes on everyday people with locks, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are currently on Google, Stitcher, Apple, and Spotify podcast. Our next episode is going to be interesting, and we'll be exploring locks in relation to health. Hope to see you again soon and have a good one.